Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. The Aussie dollars had a turbulent couple of weeks tossed around by inflation data and interest rate decisions here and overseas. I wanted to take a closer look at the dollar, what the movements mean for the broader economy, for specific sectors, for travellers, for investors. As always, this is general information only and you should speak to a professional advisor before making investment decisions. Tony Sycamore is a Senior Market Analyst for City Index. Tony, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you for having me. So, what's driving movements in the Aussie dollar at the moment against the US dollar? The Aussie dollar is being driven by two things. The first, of course, is the expectation of aggressive Federal Reserve hiking cycle. We had 50 basis points last month. We're looking for another 50 basis points in June, another 50 basis points in July, and we're looking for the terminal Fed funds rate to land north of 3%. Here in Australia, we're still sitting much lower than that. Our inflation issues are considerably lower than what we're seeing in the US. So it's bought the RBA some time. In a nutshell, higher interest rates in the US are supportive of the US dollar. Now, the second part of the equation is the fact that this Federal Reserve tightening cycle is sparking fears of a hard recession. And what that means is that we're seeing concerns about slowing growth in places like China and Europe and effectively that is seeing traders look for the safe haven of the US dollar, especially on days we've seen recently where there's been 5% moves in the NASDAQ. There is really no place to park your money at the moment. Everything is being sold, whether it's an equity market, a commodity market, or a crypto market. It's left one place for investors to put their money, and that is in US dollars. Of course, the final part of the equation is the lockdowns in China, and that has really been the final blow for the Aussie dollar. If we think back to where the Aussie dollar was just over a month ago, it was trading north of 76 cents. And here right now, we're trading around 68.50. So it's fallen by 10%. And really, why that has come undone is because of what we've seen in China. The very damaging lockdowns there, which look set to extend into June, really lower prospects for our commodity exports for things like iron ore, for copper, you name it, it's reducing the attractiveness of those exports that we sell to China. So in a nutshell, they're the three things which are driving the Aussie dollar at this point of time. So as we look out into the future, particularly the China issue, if Xi Jinping keeps the COVID zero policy, it's, it's not promising for the Aussie dollar in that sense, because that will slow, if he keeps that up, it'll slow the Chinese economy even further, or at least its growth rate will drop even further. That's a problem for us. It is a very big problem. And when we look towards where the Chinese economy is going, we're expecting full year growth in China to be around 4.2% in 2020. Now, bearing in mind, last year, it was 8.1%. So effectively, growth has slowed by half. And that's partly because of the headwinds from the regulatory reset we saw last year. It's also been exacerbated by Omicron. And of course, the fact that Chinese authorities are committed to this COVID zero strategy. All of it is slowing the economy. We're seeing production slow. We're seeing supply bottlenecks increase. It's a really bad situation for the Chinese economy and by extension for our economy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're seeing the Aussie dollar at 68 and a half cents or there, I mean, certainly under 70 US cents. What, which sectors benefit from it though? It's not all bad news. No, it's not. It's in fact, what it's doing is its job. But firstly and foremostly, the Aussie dollar, the value that it fluctuates acts like a shock absorber when it's needed. So we're seeing the Aussie dollar fall below 70 cents. It's acting as a shock 
absorber. It's making our exports cheaper for the rest of the world. And ideally, we'll be able to sell more of those exports to other countries other than China while this lockdown persists. So in the first instance, it's a good thing and it's doing what it's designed to do. For households, it's probably not such a great thing. Here in Australia, we love to go online and shop overseas. We also love to take overseas holidays and more so given the fact we've been in lockdown for the past two years. Everybody that I know is looking forward to an overseas holiday. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, the Aussie dollar sitting up around 76 cents just over a month ago, now below 68 cents. What that effectively means is that we've got a 10% tax or a levy now placed on our overseas holidays to places like the US. And that really is where I think it's going to be felt by households. The other part, of course, is the fact that oil is priced in US dollars. And as the Aussie dollar devalues, it means that the price of oil is effectively going higher, which then translates into an effect at the Bowser. So we're already seeing very elevated oil prices and coming through into the petrol price. And that's something which we'll have to keep in mind. If the Aussie does dip down towards 65 cents, that's going to come through at the Bowser for motorists. Generally, though, the Reserve Bank talks about a weaker Aussie dollar being good for the Australian economy. Is that right? That is correct. It's doing what it's designed to do. It's providing a shock absorber impact, if you like, because we are now seeing concerns over growth slowing down. I think the last 11 Fed hiking cycles have all ended in recession. So we're looking towards a 35% probability of a recession in 2023. The Aussie dollar is a cyclical currency, which means that it can go up when times are good and it generally goes down when times are starting to slow or growth is starting to slow. We saw the Aussie dollar, it pushed up to 11081 in May 2011 as we came out of the GFC. The massive wave of stimulus the Chinese authorities unleashed after the GFC pushed the Aussie, pushed the commodity prices up to that point where the Aussie got above 110. Now here we are today, we're coming out of the, the COVID slowdown and certainly it's been a very promising first start to the year terms of the mobility restrictions being eased. But since then, we've seen the war in Ukraine, which has obviously created a lot of concern around slowing growth, supply bottlenecks, concerns about food and energy, and more so the COVID lockdowns in China. That means the Aussie dollar has to fall, and that's exactly what it's done. In a nutshell, the Aussie dollar is doing what it's meant to do. The one, I guess, downside of the Aussie dollar falling is that We spoke about inflation in Australia still being relatively low, sitting at the headline rate of around 5.1%. But if the Aussie dollar was to fall significantly further and faster, that would start to accentuate the rise in inflation, in which case the RBA might need to start to think about more aggressive RBA interest rate hikes. Stay with me, Tony. We'll be back in a minute. My guest today is Tony Sycamore, Senior Market Analyst for City Index. What about the Aussie against other currencies, against the euro, against the yen, against the UK pound? You started this conversation talking about the strength in the US dollar. So it hasn't depreciated against the yen, the euro, the pound sterling quite as much. Is that correct? That's right. And I guess with a couple of exceptions, the euro has been exceptionally weak because the fact that they have a war on their doorstep, they have a very toxic mix of slowing growth and inflation. The euro, if you're going to invest in European assets and there's a war on the doorstep of Europe, you need to receive a higher risk premium, whether it be 
in an equity market or a currency market. And for that reason, the euro looks very, very vulnerable to the point where the Aussie dollar had been outperforming until the China lockdowns began. Against the yen, a similar story. The yen has really been on the back foot, and that's been because of the very divergent central bank policy we're seeing between the US Federal Reserve and the Bank of Japan. The US Federal Reserve, obviously very hawkish. The Bank of Japan reiterated its dovish stance, and that has played out very nicely into a move in dollar yen. That, of course, translates into Aussie yen and you know, the fact that Aussie yen is, has been so strong really is more of the fact that people are just trying to play that dollar yen story. The fact that the US dollar is supported by these higher interest rates, aggressive central bank hikes, it's really played out into an Aussie yen move as well. More recently, however, over the past 48 hours with the crypto carnage that we saw, there has started to be some safe haven buying of yen. Now, that just has not been seen through the entire sell-down in US equity markets in 2022. The yen has been on the outer. The old playbook of buying yen when it was risk aversion just hasn't worked until this week. So it is interesting in that sense. Foreign currency markets are really interesting because, I mean, you're just talking about the yen as a safe haven status. The US is a safe haven status. I mean, is the Aussie dollar ever a safe haven status? Is the euro ever a safe haven status? How does it work? It it is a good question. Generally, no. The Aussie dollar is never seen as a safe haven in a historical sense because we've always relied here in Australia on funding of our deficits from offshore. And when we talk about what constitutes a safe haven versus what we call them funding currencies or or, or safe haven currencies. There's different terms to, to, to use to describe these currencies, but the Aussie dollar is generally not ever referred to as a safe haven currency. It is generally the first, one of the first levers that traders will look to when they're looking to express risk aversion or potentially risk on. Because here in Australia, as I said, we're reliant on offshore in a historical sense. Not so much anymore. We obviously have some strong current account surpluses coming through, but in an historical sense, the Aussie dollar has been the go-to. And how currency traders do that is they'll cross up two currency pairs or two currencies, if you like. The Aussie dollar, as I mentioned, is more seen as a proxy for risk sentiment. So that is the first go-to point. And then you can take the other side of the pair, either via yen or via the US dollar or via the Swiss franc. That is because the yen and the Swiss franc are generally seen as safe haven currencies. They're very low interest rate yielding currencies. They generally can fund themselves. They're not reliant on offshore investors to fund their deficits. The US dollar, of course, is backed by the Federal Reserve. And the fact that it is the most significant part of the, when we look at foreign exchange trading, the US dollar constitutes about 70% of all foreign exchange transactions. It's backing oil. Uh, It is still the reserve currency of the world. So the three main safe haven currencies are the yen, the Swiss franc, and of course, the Japanese yen. The counterparts to that are generally the commodity currencies, which will rise and fall as commodities. Okay. One final question. Of course, it's the most important question. And I asked this question knowing that Alan Greenspan, the former US Federal Reserve, said to get the answer of this flip a coin, what is the Aussie dollar going to do? Are we going to appreciate in the future? Are we going to depreciate? What's your forecast? Yeah. Okay. Two parts of that. Firstly, US rate hikes will remain aggressive in the foreseeable future. Potentially, we start to look towards September and 25 basis point hikes might be 
where the Federal Reserve starts to feel comfortable in this hiking cycle, that would take the pressure off the US dollar. I think in the interim, the US dollar will appreciate. The second part of that, of course, is China's lockdowns look set to ease, potentially in June. What you will then see, of course, is the Chinese authorities unleash a wave of stimulus to get their economy going again. And that will flow through into commodity prices, which will flow through into the Aussie. In the short term, what that means for the Aussie dollar is look for lower levels, potentially down towards 66 cents, 65 cents before a rebound as the US dollar starts to peak and as the Chinese economy starts to regain traction. Tony, I'm supposed to be going to Hawaii at the end of June. This is not a good interview as far as I'm concerned. I love Hawaii, Sean, but no, it's not. And <laughs> it's I, just going to be 10% more expensive. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to uh, Costa Rica on a, on a trip in uh, around the time of the, the Olympics here in 2000, and yeah. the Aussie dollar fell below 50 cents. It fell to 47 cents at that particular oh, time. Of course, nice. everyone coming to Australia for the Olympics was thrilled. They, they loved the prospect of beautiful weather here, if you recall, for the Olympics, and everything was half price for the Americans. But for me, going to Costa Rica, and it wasn't during the Olympics, it was shortly before, it was so expensive. I remember hiring a car and it was costing just, you know, just a a Nissan Pathfinder. I'm not sure if you recall those. It was so expensive. But um, yeah, it's something which makes it a little bit more expensive for us as frequent travellers. I say first world problems? First world problems, absolutely spot on. Thank you for talking to Fear and Greed, Tony. My pleasure. Thank you. That was Tony Sycamore, Senior Market Analyst for City Index. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day. 